Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Today is a very exciting day for the podcast because this is the first opportunity that I have had to connect with new senior Ram head coach, Andrew Reese. Coach Reese, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. First things first, tell us a little bit about yourself, your experiences as a player, and then some of your coaching experiences. Sure. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Um, A little bit about myself. I came to Dubuque here in 2007. Um, I played at the University of Dubuque. I was a catcher uh, there. And then after my four years, I stuck around and was on the coaching staff and uh, play after playing there, I decided, you know, it's it's time to do a little bit of coaching as I moved into the teaching world. And my wife and I settled down here in Dubuque, and we've been here ever since. So uh, now we got three boys, and it's sitting at home like everybody else at this point, trying to to manage a three year old and two five month olds is is not you know the best of situations. But we're making what we. We're doing what we can with it. Now, are the um, five are the five month olds? Are they twins? They're yep, and uh, they they're not identical. They're fraternal, so but the, you can tell them apart. But they and they've each got their own attitude and everything. And congratulations one's angry all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and thank you to your, tell your wife from me personally. Thank you for allowing you to do this. I I can't imagine when you when we were scheduling this. I couldn't imagine. You said you had children. I didn't know you had twins at five months. So tell her thank you very much for allowing you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Yeah, she's she's a trooper. That's for sure. Plus, uh, uh, you know, all the significant others of of baseball coaches. Uh, they are definitely uh, a- angels because they allow us to do what we do and take up so much of our time. Very much so. But, uh, uh, coaching wise, uh, after I got done playing, I coached for uh, five years over at Wallert. Did baseball, basketball, football. You know, three sports all the time. Didn't have any kids at the time. Um, then I moved on to, to senior. I've, this is my third year at senior now, and uh, I'm doing, I'm obviously the baseball coach, and I'm the, the head sophomore football coach over there as well. And, um, yeah, just keeping myself involved in the coaching community around the area. A bunch of great guys, uh, no matter what sport you're really in, coaching-wise. So it's, it's a lot of fun uh, being around in the area. Yeah, did you know off the top of your head your overall career record as the head varsity coach? Um, uh, so let's see, 33 wins. I know that. So that put us somewhere around 45 ish losses. I think we have a tie. We tied West Delaware my first year. Okay. Now coaching jobs in Dubuque, 
at the varsity level for baseball, they rarely open up. I would say all of the jobs in the area, Hempstead, Senior, Waller, Western Dubuque, would all be great jobs to have. Since it's a rarity for those to pop up, can you tell us a little bit about the interview process and how that went with uh, Brent Cook over at Senior? Sure. Um, pretty standard interview process. Uh, I got, um, you know, I put my application in through the district website and everything and um sent him some references and all that stuff and got a call and said, Hey, we'd like to bring you in for an interview. And in the interview you had, you know, at the time it was Amy Hawkins, the head of uh, sports in the district. And then there's Brent and principal and, you know, a couple others. And you just went around the horn and asked questions and, and, you know, kind of figured out a little bit about me. They knew somewhat about me, but cause I was from the air or in the area at the time. But, um, uh, after that interview, that initial interview, I got a call back and he said, well, we're going to do a, a second round of phone interviews, just one-on-one with Brent and uh, asked a few more questions that, you know, got a little closer to home. And then um, after the third step was we'd like to offer you the job and by accepting on the spot, you know, and away we went. Congratulations. Now, when you applied for the senior job what was it about senior that attracted you to that job and attracted you to that program uh it all it it started i was i student taught there um for a semester and then after that uh, a teacher named john hearn um, had a a back surgery and i I was a long-term sub after that so i spent majority of the year at senior my first year teaching and got to know the science department there i'm a science teacher um, some of the staff and everything. And so there was a connection built right away, uh, with that, um, just walking up to it day one, being there, uh, it looks exactly like my high school back home in Dixon. So it, it, it's, you know, carbon copy, one of those old buildings, um, made of stone. But so there was that connection. And then, um, it, it, I was established in town with my wife. And at the time that I applied to senior, we had our first son, Otto, so we didn't really want to uproot anything. She had a good job that we didn't want to, you know, mess with. So um, job opened up and I was like, well, I've been, you know, Tisha's head assistant over at Wallert for a few years here. It, it might be time to, to try out my own, um, my own, you know, get my feet wet in the, in the coaching world on my own. And it, it has been great. It's been awesome. So. Good, and congratulations again on, on getting that job. Now, this is something that, that I've always wondered. Now, my Michigan State Spartans for football, they just hired a new coach. And when a new coach comes into college or the professional game, they pretty much can handpick their own staff. So the new coach at Michigan State pretty much got rid of everybody, brought in his guys that know his system. Now, is that an option that you have in high school when you get your own job? Are you able to bring in your own coaches and let go some of the other coaches that have, or how does that work at the high school level? Well, there, there's a few things to consider with this. Um, first, you know, everybody has their own preferences. So when I when I took over, we uh, we had two coaches that just had other things deciding that they want to take their, their lives in a different direction at the time. And so, and that's, 
that's up to them. You know, you can't, that's everybody's personal decision. Uh, so there was that to consider. So we did lose two. Um, second thing is this is summer baseball, which is, you know, in, unless you're a teacher or you're retired or you're really, you know, altering your schedule or something, it's, it's tough to find all the time in the summer and get away from the family and, and gave up vacation time and things like that to coach baseball. Um, but I did sit down with everybody that decided they wanted to stay. And, um, I, and I was happy to have them. I, I, Jay and, uh, Nate, Jay Kerman, Nate Cass have been longtime staples in the senior program and do a great job. And I'm, I'm extremely impressed with their work and, and how they handle kids and build relationships and know the game of baseball. So it was a little bit of everything, really. Um, I, I did bring on some people, some new people that, um, we had to replace some positions. Um, I, I, I didn't go into it intending to, you know, clean out, clean house, basically. Yeah, yeah. and because Tim had a good program with good coaches and good guys, and so retaining them was not a, a an issue. He did, and and I can tell you firsthand, doing freshman baseball for many years, that Jay Kerman does a great job, and Nate Cast does does a good job as well, and and I think it would have been a mistake on your part if you would have gotten rid of those guys and and um, went and replace them because they've been doing it for years and they both have connections in the middle school. So a lot of times they already know the kids before they even get to your program, which helps with that building the relationship piece. You've talked about Jay and you've talked about uh, Jay Kerman and Nate Cass a little bit. Feel free to talk about them again, but uh, introduce us to your staff. Tell us a little bit about them from the varsity assistant all the way down to the freshman coaches. Sure. Um, yeah, we, we have uh, I have a phenomenal staff. Uh, going into year three here, I, I'm just completely impressed with the guys that we have. Uh, at the varsity level with myself, I have uh, a former senior player, former Clark player, uh, Michael Blake, who I, I've heard uh, you mentioned before here. Um, <laughs> I was wrong. It was Max Kemp with the gold <laughs> chain. You know, I, I got I got a lot of I got a lot of crap for that. And I think you would be the first to admit this, that I've been coaching four sports for roughly 20 years. I I never forget a story, but names are, are a little hard to come by sometimes. So ever since that, I have made sure that when I'm going to tell a story that I always have the right person and I always fact check before I go with the story. But yeah, Michael Michael's a great guy. Since I told that story, I've gotten to know him a little bit and I've been impressed with what he's done at senior and also what he did in the in the past. Great guy. He's he's wonderful. He's great with kids. He he loves the game. He 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 puts in a ton of time. I mean, it, you come to the baseball field, you see Michael. He's he's weeding the field. He's working with kids in the cage and one on ones that, that request it. He's hitting ground balls. He's hitting fly balls. You know, he's he's an awesome coach, and he's really got his heart into it. And it's been awesome to bring somebody that played at senior back into the program and really uh and you know he balances his time very well. He's he, you know, manager down at Dairy Queen down there, uh, downtown. So you can go see him there if you really want to <laughs> and, uh, get yourself a, a nice little cone. But, um, and when he's not doing that, he's, he's all baseball all the time. And so, uh, he, and he's paired well with the other, uh, our other assistant coach at the varsity level is Jake Hesselman. Um, a lot of people know Jake from around town, another, another guy from senior in the area and went to UD and, and 
the, the passion that Jake has to, to coach is, is second to none. I, I know Jacob uh, from coaching. He coaches at Roosevelt with me, but I, I've known Jacob. I used to lifeguard at floor pool, and we would always hold our breaths because Jacob would come, and we, we didn't know him, but he would go off the high dive. And if you were the lifeguard that was watching over the diving well where the diving boards were, you always held your breath. And then he would always get on the high dive, and he just wouldn't jump off, but he would do backflips off the high dive. And we were just amused and taken away by his determination and how his uh, – I, I say disabilities, but I don't think he would say disabilities, but how he never let anything hold him back. And I remember watching some freshman games and watching him be a head coach uh, for, for I can't remember if it was Jay that was gone or if it was Nate that was gone, but I was really impressed with, with the work he was doing there. He, he, he does awesome. I mean, I, for those of you that don't know Jake, no arms, no legs, um, but it, it does not hold him back whatsoever. He is he is amazing at what he does and, and his res, his just resolve. He will not um, stop until he believes the job is is adequate, if not perfect. And so it's great to have him around. He, you know, between the three of us at the varsity level, we all keep each other in check and and make sure that we're we're doing the best job that we can for our kids. Uh, moving down to the sophomore level, we have a, another phenomenal coach, Chris Tompkins, played at Hempstead and Wartburg and came on last year and I, I I couldn't have been happier with the job he did as a first year coach at the sophomore level. Um, he he is again another guy that we have that loves the game, that loves to be around kids, uh, teaches at Jefferson currently. I forgot Jake teaches at Hempstead with me um, right now. Uh, but teaches a, a Jeff and and just you know, he coaches football for Hempstead, but baseball for us. And he just wants to be around kids and he wants to, to help and, and do the best that he can for the kids. So it's it's awesome to have him on staff. Plus, he made the all-decade team here on the show, right? He did. So. Yeah, he did. As a pitcher, we'll see if he makes the all-area all-decade team. That's So um, it's awesome having him. And then obviously, yeah, going down the freshman level, Jay and Nate are just I'm, I'm just going to call them the senior staples. You know, they are the staples to the program. They they start us off in the right spot with our kids at a very young age, and they're always willing to to, to work with me and, and and do whatever it takes to make our program the best that we can make it. And obviously, they have a wealth of, of knowledge coaching for so long and, and being in the game for so long. So it's, it's, it's really a great staff. Yeah, it is. It's, it was great. I went to the Hempstead senior game last year and I had no idea Chris Tompkins was coaching and I walked into it and I, I saw him coaching and it was great to hear some of the things that I used to tell him years ago as a player saying those same things on the field that that was very cool. Now, Coach, when you are bringing somebody to the program and you have a couple positions that are open, what are some qualities that you're looking for in coaches that are applying? Uh, the, the first one that we're going to look for is, is a high moral fiber. You know, we, you are working with kids, so we have to make sure that that you are somebody that's going to, you know, keep your morals up, up and not, you know, show the kids anything that's it's we don't want to see that comes back to the program and the kids start to emulate, which also leads into the second part, which is consistency. Um, same as being a teacher, the coach, you are there for the kids. You 
cons- consistently show up. You're a, if you are a 15 minute early guy, you are consistently 15 minutes early. You you form those those bonds I, even before or staying after practice. Those bonds get even stronger with the kids, and and so seeing and those two things work together with the consistency and the moral fiber part. Um, really is where we start to build our relationships with the kids in the program. And then obviously you got to love the game. You got to love kids. If you, if you don't love the game, you don't love kids. Um, there's you know, very little chance that you'll be a successful coach, um, that you'll start to build those relationships with kids. So those, you know, those four things put together, you, you can get some pretty quality coaches and we have a bunch in the program that, that show all four of those things on a daily basis. And you shared that you have Nate Cass and Jay Kerman, the staples of senior, and you got young guys from Jacob Hesselman, Chris Tompkins, and Michael Blake. So you might not have to hire a coach here for a while, which will be good for program stability. Now, when I was at Western Dubuque, we had a program motto, and it was WIN from Lou Holtz of Notre Dame. And WIN stands for what is important now. What are your coaching beliefs? Does your program have a program motto that the coaches and the players and the families abide by? We do not have a motto. We are in process, and I, I can get into that, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I will see. But uh, right now, what we believe in is we believe in everybody that has a role. Everybody is important. Everybody in the program, you you are there, and you are there to help us and help the team and we are there to help you. Um, that, that's just, I believe in moving people around in, in the middle of the game, back and, you know, back and forth to different positions. So I, I tell the kids all the time that, you know, learn a couple positions because we'll do what's best at that point to, to make sure that our team has success. But at the same time, I'm not going to put anyone in a position that I feel like they couldn't have success because I don't want to want any player to feel like they're a failure. So those are the kind of the important parts is, is, you know, being a team, team guy. But uh, as far as a motto goes, we, we don't have one. We've had, you know, a couple phrases thrown around. I think year one, it was don't ride the wave. Mm. Uh, year two, we got in, uh, we stuck with the aquatic theme. It was drive the boat. I think is what we got into. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, um, uh, we don't have a, a true program model yet. That's something that's still in development. Yeah. Now, what would you identify as your greatest strength as a coach and then to follow it up with a weakness as well? Um, coming from the position that I play, being a catcher, my greatest strength revolves around probably catching. Um, uh, obviously, everything that's on the infield, the catcher is involved with pretty heavily. So, I, you know, I, when it comes to all that stuff, I, I'm pretty strong. Um, everybody says they're a great hitter. I don't know if I, you know how great a hitter I actually was or was not, but you know, I feel like I was decent at that as well. So, but my weaknesses then come outside of that. So, um, the things that I so when I go to coaching clinics and everything, I always always try to find two or three outfield clinics. You know, trying to find new drills or something like that that I can um, sit, you know, sit in on so that I can learn something new. Um, and then the the second thing I'd probably say I'm weakest at is I, as a catcher, I have a little too much belief in my pitchers sometimes, and so sometimes as they're tiring, I need to get a little better at reading the signs of oh, this guy looks a little little tired today, or he's he's wearing out, and then you know, I, too much belief gets them in trouble, and and then that reflects poorly on 
not not only them but myself and so those are probably the two things that i probably should keep working on as i move forward at these clinics and michael blake he was he an outfielder in high school <laughs> he's good i would classify him as a utility guy okay. but he played a lot of short you know and in, in okay. middle infield okay yeah i know i i'm i'm the same way i i knew I, I know very little about pitching, and I, I pitched a little bit, and, and I never wanted to come out. I, I wouldn't be able to feel my arm, and I would tell the coach I would feel okay and just never want to come out of the game. So I, I always would surround myself with people that knew pitching, and I would always just put the pitching staff on them and allow them to make all the decisions, allow them to pencil in in the starters, and, and I – and the same way where I didn't know too much about outfield. So you surround yourself with those people. You pick the brains of all those people. So that's good that you recognize that as a weakness and you're actively doing things to proactively thinking of ways that you can help your outfielders and help your, help your program there. Now, I know Wallert and Hempstead, and I met with Coach Casey Bryant yesterday, they do service projects and they give back to the community. Do you guys have anything in place at Senior that for uh, community outreach or service work that your program does? At this point, we do not. Um, multiple reasons. Well, biggest reason is, you know, going into year three here, I'm, I'm trying to establish, you know, program norms and everything like that. And, and so as, as we get there, and the kids have been great, and they're probably – I shouldn't say probably they are ahead of, you know, where I think a normal program would be coming into a, a new coach and establishing all those norms and the cultures amazing with those kids and just the relationships they built with each other. Um, so now, now that would be a, a next phase. And, and so um, thinking back on things that I've done while I was in college or high school, cleaning parks and uh, having pen pals with kids that are, you know, in elementary school and things of that nature, the, those are the next steps and a um, little hard to do right now with, you know, everything going on out in, out in the world that's keeping us in our homes. But as we uh, look towards uh, hope, you know, maybe towards the tail end of this season or starting next season, that w- that's something that we, uh, we also would be looking towards getting started. So it's been great meeting with all of the coaches and, seeing the progression of programs and and I'm glad that you agreed to do this we appreciate it because it really shows the progression of Casey Bryant who's been the head coach at Western Dubuque for 20 years and coach Rapp who's been the head coach at Hempstead for 10 years and and I agree that we would both agree here that your first priority is the kids and then the product on the field and then once you get that put in place with the program motto and the service project, once once uh, you get your feet wet there, we'll, we'll start to see those things and we'll start to see you guys out in the community doing some great things. Now, you had a great run at Wallert. I believe last night when I was researching for uh, Coach Tischer's interview, trips back to back to back to the state tournament. Am I correct on that? You, you are correct, yes. Okay. What did you learn and what did you take away from Coach Tischer? And how do you implement that into practice, into your program, and into games? Yeah, everywhere you coach, you should learn. I'm going to start with that. Uh, everywhere you go, you should learn something. 
if you don't, you're you're not making yourself a better coach. Whether it's what to do, what not to do, whatever it is, I learned a ton of what to do when it came to, to coaching with Coach Tisher. And I'm I'm gonna plug Coach Rolling as well. That coach was Rowling my that great. was my follow up question as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know everything from practice plans to practice layout, use of of what we we had um, at our disposal, um, uh, scouting reports. And, and how to how to play teams in the MVC, um, planning those trips to state. You'd want to talk about some invaluable experience there, but uh, I think executing how to get your team, you know, across the state to play baseball. That's that's also some some firsthand knowledge that, you, that everybody needs to have uh, to have some success. Um, calling pitches um, for years with Tish. Um, that was he, he had. A, a tough time giving that up to me and and uh i had some some proving to do and I, ultimately I, I kept the job calling pitches and he was i think he was pleased with the job he might tell you otherwise i don't know that but, has uh, to make you feel good as a coach <laughs> when somebody who enjoys doing that hands that that off to you and I, I know that would make me feel good if i was on his staff and he turned that over to me that shows that he had great confidence in you and and Part of being a, a – that's another thing that I learned from Tish that I don't even know if I've told them is, is delegation. You know, when you take over a program, you, you really want to do everything yourself. But there's a reason that you have people around you pulling on the same rope, and you have to let them be able to do those type of things. And uh, and so as we as we go here, it, it, I've, I've tried to delegate things to my – my uh, assistant coaches and, and let them grow as coaches as well. So maybe sometime in the future, if one of them want to hop on the head coach bandwagon, they can go after it and have some experience in some of those things. And you mentioned Hall of Fame coach Jerry Rowling. If I can plug the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, he is a confirmed guest on an upcoming episode. He gave me my first freshman job, I believe it was 18 years ago. What did you learn from him and what knowledge do you use that coach rolling i believe he won national coach of the year at one point in his career what what experiences what did you take from him that that you implement coach rolling has has probably been the most level-headed you know down-to-earth relaxed coach that i've been around in baseball um he and he always came to, to practice or games with with an open mind. Um, it, it, I remember it was one of my first years coaching and I'm, I'm talking to coach rolling about catching and he's asking me questions about how I felt about certain things like putting your knee on the ground or keeping it up or, you know, when do you move with, um, with the pitch? Do you move early? Do you move late? And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, I'm 21, 22 years old and this guy's got, more coaching experience than I have years on this earth. And he's asking me questions. And as he's, as he's asking, he's making eye contact, he's listening, he's, you know, doing all those great things that a good listener does and having great conversation. And, um, and he, it, it, the conver- the conversation went on because he kept an open mind. He didn't shut you down and say, well, I know more than you do. Yeah. He would never do that to anyone. So, 
What I what I loved uh, for with Coach Rowling, I was with him for three years. Is just the amount of preparation that he he had. I mean, he gave us a list of things that he wanted us to cover and on what days to cover them. And I was a young guy at the time, so I would often go to varsity practice just to watch how he ran a practice. And I just could not believe the amount of preparation and the amount of things that his teams and his players did. I mean all the different signals and nuances for pickoffs and snap throws and and uh, pickoffs for second base. I mean, they, they were always a prepared group of kids, and, and they were ready for anything. And, and he never missed an experience or an opportunity that you might never see in a game, but if it happened, they were prepared for it and, and they were ready for it. And I, uh, I really enjoyed my time with him as well. That's great that we have that connection here. Now, Tim Felderman handed over a program to you that had some success, had great success. Did he give you any advice before you took over? Does he ever reach out to you, offer any guidance or any support or just to talk baseball? Well, Tim's Tim's been awesome. Um, he's still in the building at senior, and at this point, uh, that's one of the, the biggest battles that I face is none of our, none of our coaching staff's in the building, and it's kind of tough to, to run a program when everybody's at distance from the kids that are in the program. Um, but he's been great. He, he reached out right away and he's, you know, put me on to, to different sources that he used to use when he was coaching for different things from apparel to, you know, people that he used to, to help with his, whatever he needed for the program, I guess. Um, and he, he offers to throw BP and everything, um, things like that, obviously, you know, state rule wise we have to have somebody throw bp that's on staff and always there and all those things so he, he wants to yeah. <laughs> i'm not saying <laughs> but uh, uh he's but he's and he's in the building like i said so that the kids have questions he's still you know able to answer questions and stuff and, and help out in that role as well and uh, if i you know need something communicated sometimes it, it's not too bad to reach out and say, Hey Tim, have you heard anybody talking about this? And he'll, he'll tell me uh, yes or no, or, you know, Hey, I'll get the word out. And it, it's been awesome. He's been great. So yeah, he's, he's a good guy and he's done a lot for Dubuque sports at the, at the middle school level for many years as well as, as well as Jay Kerman with the middle school sports as well. Now, coach, before we started recording, I, I had a conversation with you I was I was nervous to do this this interview because we had Chaingate, the Michael Blake mix up and and uh and also not knowing you, I, I I was nervous to do to do this interview. I've known Coach Casey Bryant since seventh grade. I've known Jeff Rapp since nineteen ninety six. I've known Corey Tisher for roughly twenty years. And I believe it or not, I do do my research here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. One thing that surprised me is you are a person that is very mysterious. I was trying to get pictures of you so I could tweet out if anybody had any questions. It is impossible to find a picture of you. And also, when I Google your name, the only thing that pops up are articles about how poor the facilities are at Dubuque Senior. So my question for you is, what... 
is in the works to help improve those playing service services and to improve the facility. And then I do have a follow-up question after that. Sure. Sure. Um, well, first off, I'm going to say, uh, I'm, I'm greatly appreciate that you tried to find me and, and couldn't find anything. I work hard to keep that profile low on social media. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, uh, as far as what's going on with our, with our facilities, um, uh, it, right now the, the district has come to the realization that something needs to be done. We're just in the process of trying to figure out what that is. And there are a lot of things around senior that do need to be done. Um, and so once all those are prioritized and put in place and the money can be allocated, um, and with, you know, one cent sales tax and all that stuff that's going on. And, uh, the, then we can figure out a plan of when and where and how much, um, whether that's on campus, off campus with Hempstead, without Hempstead, you know, all those wonderful uh, questions that are going to come up. Is that turf? Is that lights? Is that, you know, the biggest thing that, that I always fight for is safety. And right now, currently the, the Buke senior baseball field is facing the wrong direction. As anybody in the area knows, or has been to a senior game. It is not ideal for the sun to come down behind the backstop. You know, Jay Kerman can tell you all sorts of stories about seeing uh, catchers roll the ball back to the pitcher instead of throwing it back at certain times of the day, things like that. So, you know, I just don't want anybody to get hurt, whether they're playing for a Dubuque team or a team that comes into Dubuque. And so that's, that's where the conversation started and we'll see where it ends here. Um, and however many you know months years it takes to get it done yeah it's it's interesting because back when I was the sophomore coach at Hempstead when you would play a game the varsity and the sophomores would travel together so how that would work is varsity would play at Hempstead's field and then my home field was senior and Mm -hmm. I would always tell my guys if you hit a fly ball on the infield do not dog it sprint to second base and there were many times where we would have infield doubles because fly balls would be hit on the infield and guys just could not pick them up and and many times uh, they would drop and I can't remember what time of day it was, but there would be a certain time, there would be a certain time frame where there would be about an hour or so and just some of the most routine plays we would struggle to make. And that story wasn't just local news. It just wasn't in the Telegraph Herald. I believe KCRG did an article about that. And it's really starting to get statewide uh, recognition that there needs to be some things done done to that field. Now, here's here's a hypothetical question. Sam Link did make the All-Decade team. Great kid, great baseball player. He gets drafted by the Oakland A's in the third round. They plug him in at second base because they don't have a second baseman right now. And he donates $1 million to the Dubuque senior baseball program what are you doing with that one million dollars if you could make the upgrades yourself yeah sam link is a great baseball player we'll, we'll start there he's great kid I mean, too. It, it, a great kid wonderful personality wonderful work ethic uh, there's not a bad thing i can say about him uh talked to him occasionally here at the beginning of the, the iowa season and started to have some success and I'm, I'm sad to see the season shut down as he was starting to get rolling um 
but uh, if he if, if he were to do that or we were to run into a, a million dollars at some point, um, uh, unfortunately, the numbers that we have have looked at, I, I'm not sure how how far a million would actually go for what we need to do. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, we would start by taking home plate and putting it in right field, basically, is mm-hmm. is the starting point. You know, to get the sun coming down in the correct place, and then from there, you know, it. it it's really low maintenance if you turf a field. It really is. And it, it takes a lot of yearly um, uh, expenditures out of it. You don't have to buy as much diamond dry. You don't have to buy as much turf as uh, clay for the mound. Things of that nature become, you know, non-factors. And so you save some money down the road doing that. Um, and then third, if you had a million budget, yeah, you got to throw lights on it because you can't host a playoff game if you don't have lights. That's just the way it works. So, how are you gonna how are you gonna have a great season and then go play somewhere else just because you know you don't have lights for the team to play at seven o'clock five o'clock whatever it may be so well the the great thing about Sam link is I know if you went to him and said hey Sam um, here's everything I want to do it comes in at 1.8 million can you give us another eight hundred thousand I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Sam would would probably do that. Coach, it was great getting to know you and to know the great things that are going on at Senior and that will be coming up in the upcoming years. Thank you, Coach Reese, for giving us some great insight on your program in your program spotlight. Now, please give us your 2020 season preview as we move forward. He's going to introduce us to his players at each position and also tell us about the outfielders. Now, I'm sure Coach Reese will be the first to admit this. This in no way is his opening day lineup. There's still a lot that needs to be proven. There's still a lot of factors that need to be put in place. So, Coach, tell us about your 2020 roster. Our, our 2020 roster as a, as a- a lot of talent on it and yes i i don't have a i won't have a clue for a little while yet on how it's all going to come together and it's probably going to come together in three four five different ways uh, honestly um so as as i get started i'll start at catcher because you know that's the best position and so uh we have three of them with luke kennan ben hayful and, and uh alex revel which are all phenomenal catchers do a phenomenal job behind the dish and uh Kenan being a senior, Hayful and Revel being juniors. I, we do have a fourth. Uh, I'd be remiss if I don't mention Cam Rector. He, he is uh, there to step up on whenever we are in a pinch. Uh, he's also a senior. But, you know, that, that's that's a place where Kenan pitches, Hayful pitches, Revel pitches, and all of them are, are good enough athletes to play their positions. So as they get into different positions, you see a different catcher every day, and all of them are going to do a great job. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that all all plays out throughout the season, depending on where we are arm wise. <laughs> I, I know last year I went to a game and I saw Ben Hafel uh, hit a home run at Hempstead behind the plate. And then the very next night he was playing third base and he did a phenomenal job at both positions. Oh yeah. Uh, our, our, we are very uh, blessed in our program with a, a multitude of catchers from varsity all the way down that are very good baseball players. Um, First base, uh, we've got, again, we've got a, a bunch of guys that can play. Johnny Blake, Gavin Guns, Colton Rector, Cameron Rector can play there as well. And, and, and you know, those guys will duke it out for who's going to play first base. Um, 
Johnny's obviously our one of our best pitchers. Gavin's going to be a great arm for us this year. Cameron and Colton both touch the mound as well. So, I mean, again, depending on what happens, that's it, just like I said in, in the previous uh, questions about um, what we do with our, our team and, and what the our uh, our goals are and our, our everything that we do as a team. I, I, I move people around a lot. I had, I think, a Washington coach Bruni in Washington mm. came there my first year and we made four or five position changes. And by the end of the game, the seventh thing that was close game, he looked, he came out there just to get them all down. And he looks at me, he goes, who are you going to have catch? And I was, it was our third catcher or something that was coming behind the plate in the game. It was Cody Deardorff. I said, Oh, Cody can catch. We're good. <laughs> so it's just, you know, the way I, I play it. Uh, second base will be our big question mark. We have somebody step up and play second base. Uh, Cole's held it down there last year. And, while Sam was here at short and, um, you know, Luke Kennan played it a little bit and we got a bunch of guys that are, are capable, but we got to have somebody step up and take over that position. Um, speaking of Cole, he'll probably move over to short. He's been working real hard this year and in, in the off season, his arm strength is up. He's got, uh, you know, put on some, some muscle and some meat and, um, doing very well with his off season program. So he's, he's, uh, we're excited to see what he can do with shortstop this year and, Johnny Blake can play short, and we've got a few. Alex Revel could play short as well. Uh, moving over to third, Tommy Casey's back. He's our you know senior leader. Uh, he's been phenomenal for us the last couple of years, and I think he got pulled up as a sophomore. We have, like you said, Ben Hafel's played third. Luke Kennan's played third. Gavin Gunzel played third. Uh, Cameron Rector, I, I could go through and name a ton of guys um, that are can step in and, and play meaningful innings at third base. And, and do a great job defensively. And so um, we're, we're going to have some interesting combinations throughout the year as we, we go through and we, uh, we put together an infield. Outfield uh, is kind of open for us. We, we return our center fielder, Matt Hirsch, and uh, he'll, he will be uh, – he's one of those guys that will chase down anything. Last year we were very blessed. We had Nathan Swift and, and uh, we had um, Brandon Birch. And when you put those three guys with the, the speed and the talent that those three guys had now, it seemed like nothing was ever going to drop. We, they could cover, you know, anything with 97% of the world was going to be covered by our outfielders. The other 3% was going to be water basically. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, that was what, what, what we felt like. Now this year we'll, we'll have some new guys and we still have a ton of talent, a ton of speed. And I, I mentioned Alex Revel a few times now, he's a, talented enough athlete that if he's not catching he, outfield is a position that he can go out there and and hold it down and i haven't even mentioned that Jaden beshin who's one of our quickest guys um so we have a lot of young guys coming in with some talent that will will fill some holes and and depending on pitching we'll we'll see who uh, gets to take over what position nice i'm excited to see how cole smith fills in over there at shortstop because i know when I go see games, I I always get a program, but I don't look at it until I see somebody do something that I think was pretty phenomenal. Or I look at the guys who are ahead of the trend, who are ahead of the, the curve. And when I went to a senior game, Cole was one of the first ones that I noticed where I just noticed something special about him, something different about him. I knew Sam coming into it, but I was impressed with what Cole Smith did, not only at second base, but also on the mound. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how his season pans out. Now, to your pitching staff, you lost seven seniors, 
you need to replace 70 innings, and you also need to replace six wins. Who steps up and who leads your staff? And then who might be some of those guys at the back end of the rotation? Well, the, the nice part about the stats that you, you just uh, rattled off there is the, of those 70 innings, 36 of them were wrapped up in one guy. Um, so, you know, half your innings is you, you lost a starter. And so, and Trevor Hinker did a phenomenal job last year. He, he was phenomenal. He did awesome. We had all the confidence in the world in him. Uh, so now somebody's going to have to step up and be a starter. And so you, you get Johnny Blake back, who was our number one in innings last year. Luke Kennan was our number three in innings. And, and you're going to have to find somebody to step into that role. Um, uh, Cole's also back. And so, you know, Ben Hafel's going to have to throw more. He had one start last year, and he'll probably have to throw some more innings. Uh, Gavin Guns comes in as our, one of our aces from the sophomore team last year that, uh, you know, very highly touted and did very well. Uh, little known fact is I think Gavin Guns, I don't know if it was last year or the year before because they blend together a little bit, but um, Gavin Guns finished a game, complete game at the sophomore level, and it only took him, I think it was 60 or 65 pitches. Wow. So that, That's a great pitcher name too. How, how does that work <laughs> out where you're a pitcher and your last name is Guns? Is that his legal name or did he change that with the success he had? <laughs> Absolutely legal name. No, that he is does, a great he does a name. Great job. So, uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to have to find another starter out of those three. We, and we got guys that, you know, between Gavin and we have a kid named Drew Zillig that's looking to step in and, and throw some innings. Um, from the sophomore level. So we'll, we'll find some way to replace those 30, 30 to 40 innings at the starting position. Uh, and then after that, the, the, the other 35 innings, they, they were meaningful innings, but, you know, that it's relief innings that you need to find. And so, um, you know, Tommy didn't throw as much last year. He had a, a little problem with his shoulder with the assist. And, and so this year that feels a little bit better. So maybe we can get some more, you know, we're not going to heavily use him. He's going to be a quarterback at St. Ambrose. So, you know, mm-hmm. we want him to stay healthy for that, his, his main sport. And, um, but you know, he'll still help us out and get a few more innings there and find some innings from some other guys. Andrew Bastion, our guy that had the most appearances, he almost broke the school record last year for appearances as a, mm-hmm. a nice lefty, um, coming in lefty specialist for nice. a little while. Nice. Um, he, he, he's back and he'll eat up some innings, some more innings this year as well. So, you know, we, we, we should do pretty well uh, bringing back some some pitching and then adding to with what we got from the sophomores last year. So very good, and and we have not gone on air with this yet because we start with a show and we want to keep it to forty to one hundred and twenty minutes long. But uh, we sometimes get long winded. But you and I connected a long time ago. And you gave me a little bio, a little background on Johnny Blake that I I do want to give him his due diligence here. So he's a Southeastern Community College commit. He's got a big, tall presence on the mound, and he drops down to the side. He's a side armor. And your scouting report on him, you said he hits between 83 and 86 mile an hour fastball. He's got a slider, a curve, a change. He's a great athlete with tons of versatility, and he throws from the right but has a ton of power from the left side of the plate. Anything that you'd like to throw in there about Johnny Blake before we touch on Cole Smith, and then we talk about your expectations for the upcoming year? Johnny is he's everything that you want to see in a, in a baseball player. Um, 
when it comes to to presence. The guy is there. He's committed. He he is your classic. I will lead by example guy. Um, and his stats are going to show it. He's very good at what he does, whether it's on the mound or at the plate or first base, you know, and he moves around. He can play short. He can play third. He can play the outfield and he will have success wherever he touches that, that field. It's, it's pretty awesome to watch. Nice. And we also talked about Cole Smith. Some of these things you've already touched upon, he's making the transition from second to possibly shortstop. And he's got a fastball, 12-6 curve, changeup. He usually sits between 81 to 84 miles an hour with some great natural tail. You've already touched upon this. He's a hardworking kid in the offseason. He's put on 15 pounds of muscle with a strong work ethic. And you said that he and Johnny as well, they are great teammates and they push all of their other teammates to be better and, and to work harder. Anything about Cole before we talk about our uh, expectations for the upcoming year? Cole's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around as a coach. I mean, the the amount of work that he puts in to perfect his the craft of baseball is very impressive. And uh, it, it doesn't matter if, if somebody's around him or not around him. The kid is constantly working. And the kid is constantly trying to get better, and uh, it, it's it, it is great to to have somebody like that on your team, leading your team, and, and showing uh, other guys what it looks like to to work, and and especially for those young kids that get to be around them. You know, you get that transition in pitcher and catcher in the off season where you have the the fresh soft, you know, transitioning out. Well, the varsity comes in, they start to see Cole get to get to work right away as he gets in there, and it's it's something for the young kids to aspire towards. It's it's great to have very cool before we get into the expectations uh take us to your farm system so your eighth graders your freshmen your sophomores who are some young guys that are in your program that we might not see at the varsity level this year but you think have a bright future in the program i'm gonna i'm gonna stick at the sophomore level um for now, uh, it, we have a very, very talented group of sophomores. And, uh, you know, throw out Coach Donnie Perkle and his, his great season over at Hempstead at the sophomore level last year. Or uh, We're hoping that Coach Tompkins can emulate that um, this year. And as we have just a very talented group there um, with we got Jack Gilligan, left-handed pitcher, um, that, that's getting stronger and stronger and throwing better and better every year. Um, Jack Aitchison that played infield and, and hits the ball very well along with the, and actually about the next four guys I'm going to name off, uh, Ray Slosher, Jared Oswinkle, Joel Wilbright, they, they, they all throw, throw and hit very well. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens there. And I, and Kobe Meyer will touch the mound as well. And, and he's been impressive this off season as well. We've got a solid pitching staff there that um, will get them, you know, quite a few quality innings and then quite a few uh, bats at the sophomore level that should put up some some pretty good um, shows when it comes to scoring runs. Awesome. Coach, I'm going to ask you a favor. Now, You, I do have your number. I hope you have mine. When Jeff Guns is – is it Jeff Guns? 
Gavin's I'm father? sorry, yeah. Gavin Guns. When Gavin Guns makes a start, I, I want to know about that. I just I got to see this kid pitch with that last name. I, <laughs> uh, he's one guy, him and uh, Devin Udaley from Hempstead are, are two guys with the last name and with the success uh, Udaley had last year, I really want to see. So can you uh, make me that promise that when Gavin Guns is going to get a start, you can shoot me a text? I, I want to see that. Uh, yeah, I can, I can at least make that happen for you. All right. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. Now, last year, your team went 19-20. and 20. What are your expectations for the upcoming season? At least that. Um, I think we've gotten better in the offseason. Um, I think we, you, you know, you lose some big pieces. I, I'm not downplaying the, the, the seniors that we lost last year at all. Sam is a very big piece of our success last year. Uh, he was he was injured for a good portion of the year, but he was a very big success when he was healthy. Uh, Trevor Hinker did great on the mound. I I, I could go through it, it, it. I even talked about um, Ethan Herbert this year, and he hit a bunch of long shots for us and some key home runs uh, last year. And so, guys that that we lost are are you know we're great guys but we have some very talented kids coming from the, the sophomore level that are now juniors that we should pay uh, pay their due as well um so you know at least a, a 500 season is is always the goal for everybody that goes in you know you want to have a winning record but we, we want to be competitive the, one of the big things we talk about every preseason is be be a competitive team um that is that plays meaningful innings it, you know and um, if you don't win every game, your losses need to be the, in a, where you're in a place to at least tie or win in that last inning. And so uh, we talk about being down by three or less come the last inning if we are down because uh, being undefeated is not realistic. All you know, It's just not going to happen, especially in the MVC with a, such a talented group. Um, and then – as we get into the season, we have to develop our leadership even further. Um, one of the things that I, I said I might get to last time, but um, is we've been developing leadership through uh, within our team. We we haven't had a chance to vote for our seniors at this year because of how much distance we have between us. But uh, or our I should say our leaders, our team leaders, captains. Um, but our captains meet, and so in in the preseason or in the first few weeks of the season, we we last year we read a book, and this year it was a series of uh, leadership podcasts that they listened to, and then they we they meet with myself and Coach Blake and Coach Hesselman, and we sit down and we we talk about what that podcast or what that chapter in the book means to our team, what it means to to them as a leader, and what they can do for their team, and you know we have pizza and stuff, and it it's nice, but um, just developing leadership through the, the preseason so that we can uh, be what what's best for our teammates. And um, I, I think that's one of the biggest uh, things that we do every year is we have those those captains meetings and we read those books or listen to those podcasts. And so, Coach, I'm glad you shared that because that's the first that I've heard of that being done with uh, any of the programs. Not to say that, that they're not doing that, but also what that does is that builds a strong relationship between you and your captains. And then also it helps with that relationship between the captains down to their players as well. That That is phenomenal. That's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. One thing that you may have already touched on a couple times, but you lose one of the best players in Sam Link. 
who do you look for for leadership to step up and how do you how do you replace that who who are a combination of guys that that can fill that that void that he's going to leave there at shortstop one of the best players is is yeah, hands down he's probably the best player i've ever coached um and honestly he my first year at senior he made two or three diving plays in the hole that i thought I've never seen anybody get to that ball, let alone throw the guy out. So um, I would say uh, there's multiple pieces of that. Lam- Sam was a great leader when it came to you know what he produced. And so you, you look at a guy like Johnny Blake. Johnny Blake's production is is you know got to take that role. He's got to be the guy that says, okay, I'm going to get this job done the way Sam did. From a vocal standpoint, and how he, you know, he talked with his teammates and and made them feel at ease um, in stressful situations. I, I think Cole's a great vocal leader, you know, and we have a, a number of those other guys that are out there that can do that those same type of things. Matthew Hirsch is another guy that can can step up and be a great leader for us. So um, it'll probably take multiple guys to replace a guy like Sam, um, but you know, hopefully though we can grow those guys and we can maybe even grow one guy into somebody that can take that role um and in the leadership role but uh it's all all about building relationships between your teammates and and so whoever decides that they they're going to be that guy and step up in that role and and show those um aspects of being a a teammate we will we'll roll with we'll go with so last question i have for you before we get to the around the horn segment here who are some teams and pinpoint some players in the mississippi valley that if you're a baseball fan that you want to come to the ballpark at senior and watch these guys because they are either phenomenal athletes, outstanding pitchers, or great baseball players? Honestly, I think that um, if you come to an inner-city baseball game between senior, Hempstead, Wallert, Western Dubuque can be thrown into that as well because, you know, they're right next door. They they might as well be. if you come to any of those games, no matter how good or bad the teams are that year, you're going to see some hard-fought baseball, some well-played baseball. The best are going to come out in our kids. Um, and and it's those those games are probably the most fun games to coach. Um, you know, not when I nothing taken away from the state tournament. Those are stressful games, but when it comes to having fun and seeing kids just love the game and play the game hard, those are the games. Um, so anytime you see one of those matchups and even if seniors not in it, obviously I want people to come see senior, but if you see Hempstead playing Wallard or Western Dubuque playing Hempstead or Wallard and Western Dubuque, you, you should go watch that game and it, just see some phenomenal athletes and some phenomenal uh, plays being made and, and the game of baseball, the way it should be played. Um, if I go outside of the city, Iowa city West is always good and always a quality Iowa city Liberty, you know, with uh, coach Cronk that's, coming off of uh, the Iowa City West staff, they, they have similar um, uh, aspects to their teams, and they're two good teams to come watch play with some very good players. And uh, the little-known one that I wanted to throw in there, Coach Lard does great at West Delaware, and they mm-hmm. do the little things just amazing. And one of the reasons I keep them on the schedule every year is because I want not only I want to play that team because of what they do, I want our kids to learn from what that team does as well to see – you know, the way that they, they pick up a base after they, they read the ball going into the dirt or something like that, that. That's just one of those little things that isn't as easy to coach. 
it's it's great to see this is the third of the of four program spotlights and year in reviews that I'm doing. And it's great to see the admiration and the respect that the three of the four coaches, I haven't interviewed Coach Tischer yet, but the admiration they have for each other in the city and the program. I know Coach Rapp talked about some of the Division One talent from Wallard and the young talent that they have. And everybody's talked about the talent that Western Dubuque has. And Coach Casey Bryant yesterday talked about your team and your program and how he thought that your team was one of the best hitting teams that, that they faced all year last year and they just your team just sprayed the ball all over the field against his team so it's always great to hear uh the coaches that have the admiration and and respect for each other and the program i will agree with you besides the state tournament which i was a part of in 2014 for hempstead those inner city games are awesome because you get a huge crowd you have kids that you've taught and that you've coached in other sports you're either playing with or you're playing against you have their families you it's usually covered on mediacom and and it's just a great experience and a lot of people come out to those games and and i know last year i, I made quite a few inner city games and not knowing much about you or your program or your team i was impressed with that game at senior against Hempstead and I saw some people that were not on my radar that holy cow when I left thinking that senior had an outstanding future ahead of them with some of those guys that that weren't even seniors yet that have a year or two left of eligibility. Coach it brings us to our next segment which is around the horn which is five random baseball questions. Hey! this heaven? No. It's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guests were not prepped for. Coach Reese, I know you're a listener of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You know that Every uh, time we bring in a guest, we do the Around the Horn segment, which is five random baseball questions so we can get to know you on a little different level. Strike three, throw to third base. Favorite team, favorite player? Uh, Favorite team is Chicago Cubs. Um, Favorite player is current or former? Give me both. Uh, current favorite player, I, I'd probably have to go with, with, uh, Rizzo. You, you know, he's just a great per- personality. Um, back in the day watching the Cubs, I was a big crime dog fan. Oh yeah. Fred I love watching yeah. Fred McGriff. So <laughs> I, I was actually at the game when the Cubs traded for him. I can't remember what year it was, but when they traded for him for their, for their playoff run, I was actually at that game. They announced it over the loudspeakers at Wrigley and the place just went nuts. It was a cool experience. We're going to toss it over to shortstop here. What is your best coaching memory? Oh, um, I I think I'm going to go outside of, uh, uh, baseball actually for my best coaching memory, basketball. I was coaching freshman basketball at Wallard and it was the last year that we did the, uh, the freshman tournament and we ended up winning it against I think it was against senior at Hempstead. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. And 
the kids just they 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 were such a great group of kids that it was just nice to see them win. And I think senior actually had more talent than we did, and we ended up being the underdog for that game, which you know nobody knows an underdog when it comes to freshman basketball. Yeah. But uh, they won, and and they were got into the hallway um, outside of the gym after we won it, and they were just so excited, and they were just the joy on their faces and everything. I was I was so happy for them. It was a great memory. Nice. We're going to toss it to second base. Favorite <clears throat> baseball movie? Major League. Definitely Major League. <laughs> Agreed. Now, this question was on the list. I'm, I'm going to call an audible here. I'm going to make a pitching change. It was going to be most important position on the baseball field. I think the audience knows you would say catcher, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to make a pitching change here. 2020... Coach Andrew Reese is walking from the on-deck circle up to the batter's box. Ross James, your PA announcer, in charge of music. What is your walk-up song? Oh, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to have to to try to pull one from from the majors right here. I I, I can't remember his name right now. But please he, don't say well, Baby Shark. It's not Baby Shark, okay, but good. I, All I, would, right. I would ask my son what his favorite song is at that time. Whatever crazy song that is, I would probably put that on the PA. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this one here. What is your most hated unwritten rule of baseball? Um, my most hated unwritten rule. I would have to say the pitcher mound one, honestly. Um, and, and the, the reason is I'm a, I'm a catcher. So, you know, the, the pitcher's mound is just another piece of dirt to me, Yeah. you know, but you know, it, at the same time, don't come into my catcher's box. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, take the flip side of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just, um, it, I understand it. Don't walk over the, the, the pitcher's mound because you know, it, it's, it's a sacred place, but at the same time, um, the, you know, if you, if you nick it, with your cleat by you know, a little bit and you, you try to get out of the way, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I coached many years and have watched baseball my whole life, and I did not know that was an unwritten rule of baseball until I saw Dallas Braden of the Oakland A's freak out on Alex Rodriguez for it, and then they made Dallas Braden shirts that was him yelling at A-Rod sitting, get off my mound. Coach, <laughs> I would have to say that mine is, I hate the fact that, when somebody showboats or hits a home run the next at bat, you plunk them. And I'm not a fan of that. I'm always, if somebody does something that you don't like, just, just simply get them out. But Coach Reese, thank you for participating in Around the Horn. And we're cueing Mariano Rivera's music right now, Enter Sandman from Metallica, closing time, which means the show is going to come to an end shortly. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. The last segment of the show closing time and it's become a tradition here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast that every guest gets a minute or so 
to talk about anything baseball, and then they get a cheesy name for the segment that somehow ties in to their last name. So, Coach Reese, we are off and running with Reese. What do you want to talk to us about? Uh, I, today, I, I just want to put a plug out there for multiple sport athletes. Um, I, I want to encourage kids to get out there, play as many sports as possible, have as many different uh, activities going on as you can, because during those year, those high school years and, and even your middle school years, those are the years that um, you really have a chance to go out and do that stuff. Believe me, when you grow up and you get older and and <laughs> you have to start to have a family, you're not going to be able to go find 22 guys to play football or 18 guys to go play baseball or you know somebody with a healthy enough arm to throw you batting practice even sometimes. Um, so. It's important that you get out there, you, you play multiple sports, you have multiple experiences, and, uh, and you know, keep yourself busy because um, you'll get to, to the point sometime where, you know, college recruiters will start calling you and stuff, and if they hear you're playing multiple sports, they know you're working all year, it's just another plus in your corner. If they hear that you play one sport and you, you sit around all the rest of the year and they're, they're not sure what you're doing, they start to throw some question marks, but you know, I'm not saying guys don't work that are one sport athletes. I'm just saying that you don't want those question marks. You want all the plus plus and checks and all that stuff in, on your side. So um, get out there, do some stuff fun and, 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 you know, work different muscle groups in different sports and have a, have a great, great uh, time while you're doing it. Sorry. My, my son's here now. No, that's that's okay, and I, and I've had you for about an hour and twenty minutes. I appreciate you doing that, Coach. It was great to get off and get running with you on that. And senior people, I have to tell you, I for me the verdict was out on Coach Reese. I had not met him, had not talked to him. We exchanged a couple emails, a couple text messages, but I have to tell you, Dubuque senior community. You have a great leader. I can tell you right now I'm talking to him through Zoom. Whatever room he's in is painted the color blue of senior. He's got a blanket that is woven. It looks like it's the senior color blue. It's red and it's white. So the minute with Manaman right now, I've already started, but you guys have, have a great leader here in Coach Andrew Reese. And I just want to wish... Coach Reese and all of his other coaches, uh, Chris Tompkins and Michael Blake and Jay Kerman, Nate Cass, Jacob Hesselman, I want to wish you guys an outstanding 2020 year. And I want to take this time to uh, let you know that we're looking forward to seeing that the things you're doing, Coach Reese tells us about all the hard work that you're putting in and from Coach Manaman and the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, we wish you, your families, and you as players an outstanding 2020, and we can't wait to get you out on the baseball field and see this product that you are going to bring to us this summer. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. 
Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.